celebrating success, learning from legends, and growing poppies. This is Tall Poppy Talk with Grace Lewis. Kia ora and welcome to Tall Poppy Talk. Today we have Josh Pugh. He is all about community, connections, and cultivating a culture. Josh is the founder and CEO of America Josh. He is also a digital marketing and website development company, CEO, founder, and he serves as president of Variety, the children's charity of New York. He's a community builder. When he moved from his home of South Australia to New York City, he saw a need for a social connection and guidance for Aussies and the like who have moved to America, even New Zealanders. From visas to job searching to the best local spots, Josh has become the go-to for anyone relocating to or visiting America. He's a writer, host, speaker, consultant and teacher and this year he will also be taking on the position of secretary of the mateship foundation with all that in mind welcome <laughs> to tall poppy talk josh How? Oh, what an introduction <laughs> Grace, thank you very much for having me oh so glad you're here and you made the introduction happen all those things just keep <laughs> rattling them off uh where are you today I am coming to you live from my current apartment in the East Village in Manhattan in New York. And uh, I'm here for one more week because we're about to move to the Upper East Side. So I'm, uh, I'm moving off the block that I moved into six years ago and headed north, but still in Manhattan. Yeah, wicked. And that makes me ask, so what makes you relocate to America after successfully founding and running a digital marketing company you had in Australia? What six years ago made the move yeah it's always uh, it's always the first question we ask people why are you here it's <laughs> like there's a lot of uh, aussies and new zealanders in new york and in the us and it's fun hearing stories so mine is very much a story of pull and not push so i wasn't pushed out of adelaide i adore adelaide it's a small city in south australia and it's a beautiful place and i, I still think it's possibly the best place in the world but it's uh, it's small and I love the fact, and I think people that live in Adelaide love the fact that it's, you know, it's a smaller city, but I visited uh, New York in 2015 with a mate of mine. He had a conference in Boston and we thought we'd do a, a trip to the US was never on my list of places to see. And because I'm more of a mountain or beach kind of person when I go on holidays. So I got the chance to come to the US and we thought we'd do it all in three weeks and we'd see everything we'd ever need to see in 2015, which, uh, yeah. I now understand is uh, completely ridiculous, but at the time we thought we could do a yeah a trip across the US and we could so we did LA, we did SF, we did Vegas, we flew to DC, uh, and then got to New York and had the the real moment popping out of a subway in in Midtown New York and thought like oh my god it's huge, uh, so that was 2015. Uh, got back to my desk in um, at that digital marketing agency uh, in Adelaide. And I still remember sitting there in August, September kind of thing, thinking like, is this, the, the question I asked myself was like, is this what I'm going to be doing like at this desk for ever? Like, which is not a bad thing. I have great mates. I've got great family. I've got a great business, but like, is this what I do for the rest of my life? Is this, you know, and I then started to get a little idea that sort of festered and thought like, wouldn't it be cool to live in, New York, wouldn't it be cool to live in a different city, move to another country, what's involved? So I spent uh, what ended up being all of 2016 selling my house and my business and my car and I gave away my, my cat Aslan uh, and moved. So I moved at the beginning of January 2017 
um, with the idea that if my life in Australia and in Adelaide was really, really good, and that is what I like, that's the fallback, then there's, I'm in a very privileged position at that time and still uh, where I could sort of take a real risk and, and a leap and see what happened. And that was now like six years ago, which it's crazy. <laughs> wow, that is true. Eh? Like a lot of people will ask, why'd you come here? Um, and I'm on the Jersey side, so you get it even more sometimes. <laughs> no, and it's like you, you look outside and, you know, there's trash on the streets and there's, you know, the weather's not that great and it gets hot and sweaty and it gets cold and blustery. But there like there is something ridiculous about New York and Jersey and like the US in general. It is just so much bigger. Like it's so much, there's so much happening at every turn in the States. And I, I haven't regretted moving and taking the leap at all. I, I mean, I'm now married to a New Yorker and have a dog and yeah, moving to a new apartment and yeah, so it's, uh, it's my life. It's, the yeah, full it's, build. yeah, it is. That's, um, I like how you've said the pull versus the push, because I think often when it becomes immigration, because that's what we've done, we've immigrated and varying degrees I think often people think immigration is push like you're leaving somewhere yes incredibly fortunate that the place we so to speak migrated from I, I like that it was a pull and an allure of seeing something else and experiencing it and knowing very gratefully that Adelaide New Zealand whatever it is is where home will always be yeah, no, and I, I actually tell people who I consult for and who I meet and, and through the America Josh community, I meet like hundreds and thousands of people who are moving to the States or want to move to the States. And one of the big things I tell them is that if it's a push, so if there's something driving you away, there is probably a good chance that moving is not going to actually fill that hole. It's not going to make you feel better if you sort of escape what's pushing you away. And it, it feels counterintuitive, but if you run away from something and I understand there's plenty of people that have you know all sorts of different situations and scenarios so I'm not saying this is for everyone but if you are leaving because you are trying to escape something you may find that getting to New York or anywhere in the states or anywhere in the world isn't going to bring you kind of the the resolution that you want if you've got a a pool and equally on the pool side like sometimes I meet people that have wanted to visit New York for their entire life and they've had the dream of living in New York for their entire life. And some of them get here and hate it. And it's tough because you want to be supportive, but sometimes it's not what you're looking for. So it's, it is a balance. It's finding, yeah, an opportunity in a new country, in a new city, but balancing that with the fact that it might not be, not might not be right. That's the America Josh hat coming out. And it's funny because America Josh might sound like you're obviously very enthusiastic about your experience, but mm. from what you've just said, you try to be really honest with people about all of it because they need to yeah. make a decision. You're, you're not going to make the decision for them, but you want them to see everything about it. Is that where America Josh came from? Like, how did that come about? Yeah, so in 2017, um, I so I have a background, as you said, in, in IT and in websites, and um, I'm a computer nerd who likes to talk, is how I've described myself. So I, I got here in January, and uh, there's some awesome Facebook communities and awesome online communities for Australians in particular, but we're an inclusive bunch, so anyone that's kind of moving, uh, New Zealanders are always included. Um, and the, I found that the same 
problems were were being raised and the same questions were being asked and it was kind of driving me a little nutty following along in these communities and hearing the same you know 15 questions being asked over and over again and i thought wouldn't it be nice if there was a, a free open resource that just took all those questions and answered them as you know honestly as possible and i think as you said it's about finding again that balance between being honest and being hopeful because i would never want to crush someone's dream of moving to new york but I also want to make sure that when people plan to move to the US that they're going to expect that there are some pretty crappy parts. There's some times where you will feel down, you've left, you know, family, you've left friends, you've left everything that you kind of held dear and everything that you understood to your bones because you've potentially, you know, lived in a place for your entire life. When you get to a new country, there's a lot of it that um, knocks you down without even realising. So my stupid example is always that I went to a bodega and so a corner store in New York City uh, where they make sandwiches and they asked what did I want and it had been a big week of you know learning how to get immigration and social security and all this kind of important stuff and I I didn't know how to order a sandwich at a bodega because they don't have instructions they they just say what do you want and I was like what do you have I you know you're kind of expecting to be told pick from a list or and it was that little sort of moment of realizing that <clears throat> the it's the little things that can kind of really knock you on your ass and make you feel like you've kind of you don't know what you're doing and oh my god you have that moment of like oh my god what have i done and i i started to really think like if i had some again more resources more sort of someone to look at and say like hey someone that's done this before me what did they do how do they answer it and even if i don't give you how to do it i can at least tell you that you don't have to know the answer. None of us know the answer. It's fine to not know the answer. That kind of finding out from someone else uh, nearby and someone that's done it before you can be especially helpful. That is one of the hats you wear. The American <laughs> Josh hat. Um, I briefly touched upon it, but can you outline, and you don't need to go too deep, but how you came across each of these positions, you not came across, you made roles for yourself with America Josh. Yep. Uh, Fortnite Digital Variety, the Mateship Foundation. Can yep. you please give us a high level of each <laughs> of those roles you have? Yeah, no, it's uh, it's funny. You mentioned like founder and CEO. It sounds like such a hilarious thing for you know a company that I invented, and then you get to become founder and CEO of things. But uh, so yeah, in Adelaide, I was running a digital marketing company. Um, I sold that to move to the United States because I thought. I don't want to be tied back to Australia. I, I really want to give this a shot. So I, I had three months when I first moved and I had nothing to do, which for the first time in many years, I, I got to play PlayStation and stay out late. Um, so when I got here, I my plan was actually to do something completely different. I thought I'd been making websites for, for 15, 20 years. I don't want to do that anymore. I'm going to try a completely new pardon me, adventure. And I quickly realized uh, that I'm good at that. I, I'm a computer nerd. I like making websites. I like community. I like marketing. I, I like that sort of messaging and communication side of things. So I uh, reached out to the variety that existed here in New York um, because I'd been involved in the variety of South Australia for years um, and thought this would be a good way to meet some people because I didn't know anyone when I first moved. So I, I reached out to that community and, and found a few awesome people that then introduced me to my what turned into my first client. Um, so then I realized, oh, my God, I've got to start a digital marketing company again because I was giving just over beers. I'd be sort of saying like, oh, you shouldn't be doing it like that. You should be speaking to someone about this kind of you know website development or whatever. 
and they said, well, if you can do it, we'd love to, to work it out. So I then sort of worked through the processes of uh, starting up and expanding my, my company um, into the US and that's where Fortnite Digital came from. So Fortnite, uh, for your listeners, as they'd know, is two weeks, but here in the States, Fortnite's not a word that, uh, that people know. So um, I thought I'd call it that as a bit of a nod to Australia. Um, so that's Fortnite. So we make websites, we do digital marketing, we do consulting for, for businesses. America Josh, as I said, was a few months later, I was getting annoyed in May of 2017. By that stage, I'd sort of been contributing to the community and answering questions, but thought I'll put it all together in a website. So uh, Fortnite Digital basically made its uh, cousin America Josh and, and built out that uh, that platform. Uh, and then, so I was in, I'd gotten connected with Variety and I then uh, sort of got involved more and more and wanted to, to really sort of keep growing it here. So we relaunched Variety of New York uh, in 2019, um, or sorry, 2018, 2018. Uh, and I took over as president of Variety of New York. Um, so we help sick, disadvantaged and underprivileged kids in New York, New Jersey and Connecticut. So we give out bikes, we help out community schools, we give out toys, we, uh, we find ways to help kids who need it. Um, and then Mateship Foundation is a brand new one. That's actually a role that's only just come about. Um, so the Mateship Foundation stemmed out of LA uh, where they, a couple of awesome people, um, Shane and JJ go down to Skid Row and give out um, donated scarves, they give out food, they give out, um, they support the homeless community in LA on Skid Row. And they've had a lot of people saying that they want to help out and they want to contribute to this cause. So uh, they went down the process of starting a, a new 501c3, like a proper charity in LA and reached out to me because I've got a obviously community background and, uh, and also a background with charities in the US. So they reached out and asked if I'd like to be secretary to help them out. So uh, yeah, I became secretary of the Mature Foundation and uh, we've got a mission, yeah, to, to help the homeless communities across the US and use the Australian and New Zealander mateship sense of, uh, of supporting each other and, and helping each other and getting that community involved in charity in the US. Thank you. The mateship too, the name itself obviously is very catchy and people think Australia. Um, down under when they hear the yep. mate element. So I think it ties in so nicely just hearing all the roles you have complement and work together. Yeah, it's it's kind of happened. And I, I think a lot of my, you know, I, when I think about like, how did it come about? How did I get here? And I, I was sitting in March, 2017 with so little to do and I was, you know, so relaxed and now I'm, you know, bouncing off the walls with so many projects, but they really have just sort of stemmed from each other out of a necessity and out of trying to work out ways that I could help people or answer questions or, you know, I, I'm never gonna pretend like it's not nice having a business that makes money because it's expensive to live in, uh, in New York. So uh, Fortnite has been the one that really drives, you know, that is a, a bread and butter business. We make websites and we help companies and we, we try and, you know, do good things, but uh, that one's very much a business so that I can have the time to then feed into the other projects that I am really passionate about. And uh, it gives me the opportunity to like have the skills to, you know, websites are important to promote business. Social media is obviously critically important to all of the things that I'm doing. So trying to find ways, as you said, to, to tie them all together into a bit of a, a mesh is incredibly helpful. Uh, I understand just from hearing you why 
companies people they come to you what, why you are a <laughs> consultant like just it's the, the talking you you're allowed to say i talk too much it's okay <laughs> i never think people talk too much hence why i made a self a podcast um, when businesses you know they want to cultivate culture multinationals they need a consultant they're seeking yep. improvement this is something you are also involved in so <laughs> when you go to these corporations what are your main talking points when addressing businesses about cultivating a culture and how would that differ from like individuals how does that business environment change it yeah i so yeah we talk to companies we talk to i mean in answer to your question i think you actually sort of answered it yourself by saying that the, the difference between individuals and companies like companies are made up of individuals and i think sometimes we lose sight of the fact that like a collective of people are made up of individuals who have like organic needs and want particular things so a lot of the messaging we we sort of try to communicate to these businesses is that like you do need to be genuine like stop trying to put on a, a face and say like we do good things like just do good things like do it slowly do it organically reach out to individuals ask them what they want like i i think being responsive that there's a balance and i've learned this through america josh um there's a balance between listening to what people want and knowing objectively that there are some good things that you can do for them and trying to find where that that line is where you know we get people from america josh events say you know we want bigger events because we'd love to meet more people which is a perfect example of something that people don't actually want. Like I've run bigger events and then people say, there's too many people here. I don't know what's going on. So it's about talking to the businesses and talking and sort of using these skills uh, that I've learned where you need to have some sense of knowing, you know, what in your gut you think would be right, but then listening to feedback and actually taking it on and not sort of just saying like, oh, everyone voted for this, but we think we know better. But also in some cases pushing back a little and saying well, let's keep giving this a shot um and i think combining that with a sense of uh like really just being consistent with your messaging being consistent with um like whatever campaign whatever thing you want to do for your staff or team or community a really good lesson that i learned um so i run coffees and cake in the East Village. So every Friday morning at 10.30, I invite people to join me for coffees in the East Village. Now that is purely because during uh, 2020, when COVID was uh, like the end of 2020, I was locked in our apartment and was bored out of my brain, sort of bouncing off the walls. And I wanted to go out for coffee. So I said, I'll be there from 10.30 until 12 every Friday morning if people want to join. For the first few weeks, nobody came. And that was completely fine. My dog and I had a lovely time. We had coffee at a great coffee place uh, around the corner. And then, but turns out if you keep going and you keep saying like, hey, I'm here. If anybody wants to come and chat, come along. So suddenly we had a, a handful of people come every week and then that's grown and grown and grown and grown. So now we have a pretty consistent, you know, between sometimes it's, if it's a really bad weather day, we get five people. And then if it's a really nice weather day and, and you know, the sun's out, we get 30 people coming and, the idea is that they're just sitting around, they're having a chat. There's no mission behind it. There's, again, it's about being genuine. It's about just actually saying, if you want to come for coffee, I'm not going to sell anything. I'm, you know, it's not always about finding the leg up. It's, it's tough in New York, especially because there's always this element of the side hustle. Like, how can I monetize that? How can I spin that to make that a, 
like an extra feature? How can I upsell some, like sometimes it's about just shutting up and, and listening and doing things because it's a nice idea. So I, I think, and sometimes it'll be niche. Sometimes it'll only be for a small group of people, but it's still fine. Like even if only a handful of people come and get a good value out of it, they will tell their friends, they will invite more and they'll build their own little communities and you can foster that. Like you don't have to invent everything. You can sometimes just listen and respond. I love that. And the coffees on Fridays, as I mentioned, I'm in Jersey and I'm I'm always like, oh, I know. And I'm like, I want to get there. I've looked at the path, things like that. I'm like, yeah. oh, it's, it's, I work remote, but I should, probably, I should probably be at home. No, and we get that message. Like I get told all the time, you know, you need to do them on weekends. And I'm like, to be honest, like I value my weekends. Like I want to spend time with my, my wife and my dog. Like I, so for me, Friday morning was like a time of the day and a time of the week where I, I valued taking a quick, like, again, it's an hour out of your week. It's realizing objectively that one hour out of a whole week of work is not going to, you know, I'm in, again, a very privileged position where I run my own company, but even we've got people that come every week and they just mark on their calendar, you know, I've got a meeting from 10.30 till 11.30. I'm, and it is, it's important for your mental health, but it's all so important for the community. It's also important because you get to meet people that grow like your professional community. Like it, it kind of all happens step by step by step. And it's, I, I think sometimes you won't see the value. I guess, yeah, my overarching message is that you sometimes you won't see the value one-to-one. -one. It won't, you won't have 20 people arrive and they turn into $50,000 of revenue next week. It's about 20 people come this week, 20 people come next week. And the week after you've had 40 people come through and they've built their own little community and they're happier about being at work or happier about being part of the community or happier living in New York. And that will, will give back in time. And it's just about uh, being consistent. And you can tell too, like speaking with you, I feel very much like I know you because I've seen <laughs> the consistent messages you have. You have uh, the newsletters, emails, you'll have special guests come in talking about particular topics. Yep. And so clearly that's worked because I feel like I do know you even though this is our first actual conversation and so America Josh has grown a to a remarkable size from those sorts of genuine consistent messaging and I was going to ask why you think it's so popular but I feel like we've arrived there it's, <laughs> it's, it's more what do you think it means for people what does America Josh stand for yeah I I love getting like every so often I get some very, very, very lovely messages from people saying like, you know, I was either beating myself up or having like a, a rough time. Like I, I got to this city. A lot of the time it's people who have, you know, had big lofty ideas of what it's going to be like, and then they can't find a job or they can't find an apartment or they, you know, life is like, it's, it's tough. There are sometimes living in a big city where you do feel like you are completely insignificant and you are, you know, everything's hard and getting the little messages and getting the, you know, I have a thing on my website where you can buy me a beer and have people will buy me a beer and say like, Josh, you know, this week I was in the dumps and uh, your website or, you know, your text or message or email or whatever, like the funny at the end of your email this week was uh, especially helpful and it just made me laugh and I, I wanted to say thanks like those tiny little things I still get like it's nice I I'm like that is that means a lot and as I said before like it's not about helping like I don't care if we have a reach of a million people I'd prefer to get like a handful of texts that someone's like oh my god I was having a really rough time and you helped like 
that honestly, and it sounds kitsch and it sounds ridiculous. <laughs> like I, I'm, I know it sounds corny, but like it is really like impactful for me because it does take a crap load of time, like to write the newsletter every Wednesday, to write new articles, to answer questions, to run, you know, just as you'd know, running this podcast, like, like getting this together and having people on and writing questions and research and stuff, it takes time. So making that worth it. And again, we don't do it just for the, you know, the thank yous, but it's also really nice. You, you do feel good when somebody says you've made a difference. And I, I think people have found that finding me as someone who has done it before, like I am in the same boat there. I came from Australia. I didn't know anything about the U S I got here. I had questions. I've written articles that basically answered the first 50 or we've now got something like 800 articles. So there's like first 500 questions that I had. And I wrote a little bit, some of them, uh, as I said, about sandwiches and some of them about social security, but it's, it's the questions that I genuinely had and answered in a way that actually steps by steps through how to do it. So you can go seek professional advice and go get a lawyer, which I always advise for immigration issues, but I'll give you the information you need to know so that you can go to the lawyer with a bit of knowledge, a bit of power and, and feel like you've got something behind you. That's so true because it's the more like, not soft skills information, but it's the things, yeah, like how do you order a sandwich at a bodega? What, where should I go for this? But then it's also the yeah. really practical things. And I agree for anyone listening, immigration lawyers are invaluable. Yes. <laughs> they Don't do. do it yourself. Yeah. Do not do it yourself. But you can go to them and have a bit of an idea because I often found I'll look at Reddit or something because the Reddit's yep. the closest thing to a, a community sometimes on specific questions about H1B yes. and all these things that just sound like numbers and letters and jargon but what you're providing is like guidance i'll help you and then for those more technical things go here yeah no <laughs> and it, 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 i think yeah the i think i touched on it a little bit before but the the idea that uh like sometimes being told you don't need to know or you shouldn't know the answer to this so a, a lot of the time we get people asking questions and they'll be like i i'm finding it really difficult to do this thing and they feel stupid because they're like, surely it can't be that hard. And hearing it is actually really hard. Like it's completely normal that you don't know the answer to this question. That gives people so much confidence to do, to take the next step and to, to work through it. Because what you don't realize is that like not uh, like having the community around you and all not knowing at once gives you the support to know that like, I'm happy to keep going down this path. I'm happy to keep doing the research. I'm happy to feel a little bit stupid because I know that everyone's feeling a little bit stupid. That support is sometimes all people need. They don't even need the answer. And a lot of the time, even in my like webinars and things, I'll tell the people that I'm interviewing or the people that I'm working with that like, you don't have to have all the answers. You can just say like, good question. Come talk to me because it's a tough one. Like, I, I try and give people that groundwork, that understanding of like the core sort of competencies of moving so that you can come in and ask the right questions. You can follow up and say like, I've read A, I've read B, but I don't understand C, as opposed to saying, I don't even know, as you said, like H1B, E3, L1A, like it's, it sounds like you're speaking a different language sometimes. So it's, it's nice to sort of pull the curtain back a little bit from that and, and give people a, a head start. Exactly. I cannot relate enough to we're all confused or yeah. it shouldn't be this hard. No, it is this hard. You yeah. don't have to fill out that many forms and you oh. do have to do it all the time. And you're going to hear robots, not people. 
and finding America Josh, I was like, clearly, like when I first found it, there are so many questions people have to the point that someone, aka Josh, was like, all right, I'm I'm gonna take this on. I'm going yeah. to lead the charge here. No, and it like and people I have found that, you know, the community, once you get the ball rolling, people are very supportive of each other. And it's a double-edged sword because sometimes people have bad advice and that's why I've tried to, you know, I'm very careful about the articles that I write, the research that I do to make sure that America Josh can stay an authority on, you know, all of these kinds of things and be reliable because I want people to be able to trust what they read. But it is amazing that I, you know, I put together some, um, I'm actually sort of launching a, a platform at the moment, like a community online platform so to adjacent to americajosh.com so that people can log in and chat and like provide answers for each other. And it's awesome because you realize that once you get the ball rolling and you say like, hey, this is just do this because it's nice, like answer these questions because it's helpful. People jump on it. People become captains of all sorts of topics. And even if it's not their profession, they're like, I've done hours of reading into this or I've done lots of research and I, I actually have a good answer. Here's what I think. And it's awesome because I don't have to be the one that always answers it. I can sort of facilitate and give people the, the podium to answer it for each other. And there's lots of niche topics. You know, I am a white male who is married and from Australia. I am a very small box in like a very big world. And I, I don't want to answer questions about like issues that relate to women or people of color. I, I want to give them the opportunity to answer it because I, I don't want me to write a, an article on like, what's it like to be in a woman in New York City? I have no idea, but we've got some great writers in America, Josh, now that contribute that kind of content and they get to say, here's what I think it's like, which I'm not at all in a position to, I don't even edit it. I read it to make sure it like, you know, fits into the America Josh brand, but it, I, I publish it right away because it's great that's so true you're facilitating the platform because that article itself about whatever niche that is won't gain authority but you because america josh does i think that's really cool and important that you recognize i'm not going to write about this <laughs> I, I see a need for it i'm going to find the person who can do it or like the people bring, come forward themselves as you say they're captain it and i will utilize this platform to spread that to others that's really cool no, and I thank you. I like it comes out of not because I had some, uh, you know, not because I'm a genius. It became because I started trying to write some of the articles, and I was like, you know, during the protests, uh, you know, throughout 2020 and 2021, I I wanted to be a, an advocate. I wanted to be a supporter. I wanted to like, but then I started trying to write articles and realized like, I am not the person to write this. Like, I this is ridiculous. Like, I'm going to look like a complete idiot trying to be like, you know, hey, you know, here's what we believe. It's like that's not the right way to do this. It's just literally like I was retweeting or I'd reshare on Instagram or I'd like post something to the community and say like, this is a good article about this topic, read that. Because that I feel like is much more powerful than trying to reframe it. And that just ends up like, it sounds like I'm mansplaining every, like I, I don't want to be yeah. that person. I, I really want to try and like use, the more it grows, the more I can say like we are an authority and I found another good authority on another topic or an adjacent topic. That's surely the best power we can have. Yes. Now, I want to pivot to tall poppy syndrome, which yes. we understand <laughs> potentially in different ways, which is why I'm going to ask, can you please describe tall poppy syndrome in your own words, no wrong answer, and have you been impacted by it? Yeah, I have. I uh, When you first reached out, I was excited because it's a topic that I feel like when I lived in Australia, we talk about tall poppy syndrome and how Australians have tall poppy syndrome endlessly 
and I, I said, yes, we do. We absolutely do. And I never really knew, like, in reality, what that meant. I, I knew it was a thing. I knew objectively, it, you know, it means you have sort of, in my mind, trouble promoting yourself. We have trouble, like, putting ourselves out front, speaking loudly and promote, like, a lot of imposter syndrome is related to it. I feel like it all kind of works into a, a picture together. Um, but I feel like being in Australia and living there, it was kind of just, it is accepted. That's how you behave and it's normal and it's completely fine. And it's not a bad thing. It's not a good, it just exists that that's how uh, Australians and New Zealanders and, and lots of other cultures kind of behave. And then when I moved to the States, you learn that suddenly I am not promoting myself in the way that people expect. And I have, it's taken me, it took me a while. I, so in answer to your question about, you know, has it happened to me or is it related to, you know, what have I seen? I lost out on, when I first moved, I tried to apply for jobs because um, I, uh, I thought I'm going to change as, like, I want to do something completely different. I want to change uh, direction. And so I applied for some jobs and I, I started to yeah, fill in forms and do interviews. And clearly I can talk just fine. But when it came to, you know, sell yourself, I would be the person that said, like, you know, I'm pretty good at making websites or I'm pretty good at building communities or I'm like, I'm not bad at, you know, doing these things. And I realized that that comes across here as like, I'm not very good at it. I am average. And here you do need to, Toot your own horn you need to say i am the best i like i am very very good and i've it's only like i came over not doing any of it i in the middle i would say it because i knew that i had to say it in order to like facilitate getting jobs or getting contracts or you know winning clients but now i've kind of like embodied it i i feel like you the more you say it and it sounds like you know becoming a complete wanker but I promise that's not another case I but I, I feel like you you get better at realizing that you are like I am damn good at like digital marketing I I'm very good at making websites I am like I like people I like talking I am good at talking and I like connecting people and, and building communities I am good at it like and it's taken me like until talking now like saying it out loud is a weird thing but it and it's still in the back of my mind. I feel like I'm in the, I'm running in my head right now. It's like, oh my God, Josh, you, I can't believe you just said that and people are going to hear this. But like, it's not a bad thing. It's, it's okay to be proud. It's okay to think like, I've worked really, really, really hard to get to a point where I feel like I can put myself out in front of people and say like, I am good at this stuff, which is kind of a liberating like, moment. It's, it's weird to think that, like until now, you'd you'd kind of always think like, oh, you know, I, I, I wouldn't want to sound like I'm boasting. But in a culture like the United States, in a culture like, you know, the hustle culture of New York, especially, it's, it is about saying, even if it is a very niche thing. So even if you don't want to say I'm the best speaker, that's completely reasonable. But saying like, I am really good at talking about, you know, community or websites is fine. Like I am I'm proud of how much I know. I'm proud of how much I research. I'm proud of how much I meet people and talk to people. So you should, uh, you should be proud. <laughs> Thank you. And I know what you mean. Even at the beginning, you almost I feel like such a wanker, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. But you allow yourself by allowing yourself to 
recognize and shine and again I'm like oh we sound so no we don't <laughs> we sound like we're allowing other people to do the same right if I'm saying oh I'm actually I'm good at making connections with people or I'm good at putting myself out there someone might be like hey Grace how so how do you do that how and like how I ask you how do you cultivate a community unless you're putting yourself out there and saying like yeah, I'm actually pretty good at that people won't know so you you allow that to share with other people and someone asked me when I was recently I visited New Zealand they said oh what positively has changed about you since being in America and it was such like I was like oh no one's asked me it like that and so I thought and I was like I think I can advocate for myself more and I'm more willing to talk to other people because yeah the New York area the Jersey area if someone yep. doesn't want to talk to you they'll let you know <laughs> yeah I I think I've become more honest which I, I again is it feel like a bit of a double-edged sword like I I feel like I am happier to say like I'm having a crappy day or like I don't have time like I I'm getting and I'm my wife will tell you that I'm not very I mean she'll say I'm not very good at saying no because you just listed the list of things that I, <laughs> I do I do in a week but I I do feel like I'm getting better at saying like this is what I want and that is going I think the negative of that is that going back to Australia I've got to like I do have to reel that in a little bit like I I can now understand the bravado of like the New York like the New Yorker sweeping in and saying like you know I want this custom I want this this way and I, I it's you know a little bit of that um what's the what's the wear sunscreen song like moved live in New York until you get like live in New York long enough until you get hard like too hard the idea being like you should build up a bit of a barrier. You should be able to be confident in what you want and then stop when you reach the spot where you start like being <laughs> abrasive. But I do feel like New York for me, the reputation that it has is that, you know, I'm walking here. Like I, I'm, I'm not going to do an accent, but like the idea of, you know, holding your hand up to a cab and, and saying like, Oi, uh, comes from, not from the fact that New Yorkers are assholes or not because they're like bad people. It's because they've like worked out, like if you ask them when they're, if you ask someone on their commute, so they're walking down a train station, it's a hot summer day and it's sweaty and that they're, they've just been delayed because the bus was late. If you ask them like, can I ask you a question? They're going to tell you to go away. Like, absolutely. But if you find a New Yorker on a Friday night at a bar and they're, you know, relaxed and they're having fun with their friends and you were like, sort of side up with them which is what I did when I first moved I would go into bars and I had very luckily made like a couple of close friends from Adelaide early on and when I wasn't with them I'd go into bars and sort of just find groups of normally guys because I didn't want to be a complete creep walking up to groups of girls so normally a group of guys and I'd be like hey if I buy your next round or if I like can I just stand here and chat to you guys people were really really open to it like it if they were more they were like you know the accent helps and I'm sure I hammed it up a little bit to be like crikey g'day guys like I'm from Australia and I don't know anyone but the idea that like having being honest like having value for your time having like the ability to say no has been probably my my strength and it's like I I'm learning every day about like trying to value yeah my time more than I used to I feel like I would say like of course I can make time for you because you're clearly important whereas it's now a little bit more like I I I have limited time too and I want to make sure that I'm using it in the best possible way do you I don't know if you've heard there's a saying that difference between west coast and east coast is west coast Americans 
are nice but they're not kind and yep. <laughs> east coast ones are kind not nice and the other day that happened i was driving in jersey and i wanted to get in in front of someone and the man he's giving me like the hands and this and that <laughs> but he lets me go in front of him so he's not <laughs> nice but he's yep. kind he's kind i like it I, I haven't heard, I, I know there's another one that the Midwest is the same where if someone's smiling and waving, like they, they absolutely hate you. Like they are, because the idea again is like the Midwest has a bit more of the subtle, like, you know, you can be secretly hating someone, but you're going to put on the facade. Whereas, yeah, I think you're right. The, uh, like they won't be nice about it, but genuinely to their bones, they're, they're not bad. And I, I, I sort of am a strong advocate for, if people move to the States, I, I feel like you do need to give up a little bit of your old culture and expectation. And like, that is part of, I, you should never give away all of it. You should never, you know, change yourself. But like, there is an element of giving up or meeting in the middle a lot of the time because cultures are different and moving to a new country, you do need to expect that things are going to be different and there will be troubles, but they're not bad, they're different. They're like, I, I think, embracing that difference and sure it'll be frustrating and you'll hate it sometimes but embracing the fact that there is something completely different going on and you're in a different country and you get to learn from you know new people there are going to be good parts to it there are going to be bad parts to it but you get to you get to adapt you get to be you know a new version of yourself which some people will love and other people might completely hate which is which is okay <laughs> and do you find too like i'm a big sports fan there are so many people which to your point there's so many people especially in new york that you can feel a little bit insignificant sometimes but also if you suddenly want to go watch the six nations rugby there's like one pub somewhere that does that because yeah. i i use that ex i exact like very very similar i i always talk about like the the power of new york and the power of a bigger country in general is the idea that if you like like yellow water bottles and you are, you love yellow, you will find a community here of like 2000 people that love yellow water bottles. I'm looking at my yellow water bottle, which is a, a shitty example, but like it's a, the, the idea that like you can find a niche, you can find your like community and in, you know, in Adelaide, the population's like 1.1, 1.2 million people. So if you, if you have a real niche, like you might find 10 people, but here you're going to find honestly like 2000 people and they'll be passionate about it. You'll find a, a bar that hosts all of the yellow water bottle events and a and a place a restaurant that gives discounts for people who like it like that that idea of finding your like your thing and finding that little bit of community a little bit of culture a little bit of whatever that you can hold on to and find supportive people like it makes all the difference you suddenly feel like you've found like why you've decided to move to a big city and you're not just as you said you're not just one of a million one of eight million people sort of flowing on the streets you're now like a person in a group in a small community, even if it's tiny, you still feel like you've got a few hundred people on your side. Yeah, it makes a big place feel homely. It's the people. Yeah. I normally to wrap up, I ask people what their go to final meal for the day is not insinuating that they're on the death row. But if you just could have one meal for the rest of your life, but for you, if it's quite all right because you are our New York connoisseur, what is your go-to pizza slice? If someone's going to be in New York, what would you have? And then what do you recommend someone else has? Okay, good question. Now, my wife is out of earshot. 
because she's a New Yorker. So this is a this is a very important. There's bagels and there's pizza are the two, you know, very important questions. So when I first moved, uh, there was a dollar slice. Now I think most people would be familiar with the dollar slice concept uh, in New York, where you can get a slice of pizza, original pizza, like a cheese pizza for a dollar. Unfortunately, due to inflation, that's all gone away. It's now a dollar fifty, but. That's okay. There used to be a dollar slice place down on Avenue C. So I'm I'm on the corner of 12th Street and Avenue C uh, in the East Village of Manhattan. And down the road on about 9th Street and uh, Avenue C, there was a, a pizza place, um, F&J Pizza, which was a dollar slice. And you could get $2 for two slices and a can of Coke. And it was glorious. Nice. It was objectively probably not great. <laughs> and I'm, I'm willing to accept that now that I've I've seen the light and my wife always tells me as a, a native New Yorker that why would you spend a dollar because if you spend like four or five dollars or like you could get an amazing pizza. So my new answer, my real answer is Joe's Pizza. It's the OG. It's the legit, uh, legit pizza. The, the original ones in the West Village and there are some great walking tours that you can do of pizza in Manhattan, which are very good fun. But there's a, an East Village outpost and there's one near Times Square and I think there's another one downtown. Um, but Joe's Pizza, original slice, bit of chili flakes or oregano on top and uh, oregano for, for all of the listeners. <laughs> yeah, like uh, that was a joke. Um, <laughs> on top, that uh, that is the primo slice. That is number one. And folded, held in your hand, folded along lengthways. That's the way to, that's the way to do it. If nothing else is taken away from our conversation today, (laughs) you're going to eat a pizza in New York, fold it and eat it that way. You you do not want to be that guy that's trying to like get the the end of the pizza, like trying to navigate that on a, on a side street. You want to be folding it. You you dab it a little bit to get the oil off the top. We did a, we did a walking tour and I learned all about how replacing the water in the cheese with oil is how they've kept them, is what what makes a New York slice and how they can keep them. You'll see them when you visit to, to your listeners that they have them all displayed in their, their shop fronts and then you can pick what you want and then they reheat them. But that's part of the New York slice way. It's not fresh water-based cheese, it's oil-based cheese. There we go. I've now, the dumbest, strangest way to end this, but uh, I learned something and now everyone's learned something as yes. well. I want to thank you so much for people to find you, even if they're not, you know, immigrating to America, where do they find you? Uh, So americajosh.com is my, my, my primo position. Uh, But I've also got, uh, yes, Fortnite Digital has websites, Variety, the Children's Charity of New York has a website, the Major Foundation has a website, and uh, I've got a website as well at joshpew.nyc. Thank you so much. I feel like I've met a friend who didn't know I existed. Hey, we'll, we will absolutely, you know, you're not far away. Jersey City's just across the water. So we need to uh, we'll catch up for a, a slice of pizza and a, and a drink. A hundred percent. Thank you so much. I have loved well, talking you. to you. And I hope you have a and Thank you very much. Oh, thanks, Josh. Thank you so much for listening to Tall Poppy Talk. We'll see you next time. Feel free to check us out on socials. YouTube.